Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. It's more than just a podcast. It's a source of insights to keep you tapped into all things data-driven so that you can be the most informed technical expert in the virtual room. Listen in weekly to stay educated on the latest trends in backup, recovery, storage, cloud, and security. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and on this episode of Data Protection Gumbo, I have a conversation with Martha Heller. Um, she acts as a executive recruiter of CIOs, CTOs, and digital executives, and is the CEO herself of Heller Search Associates. Martha is one of the most widely followed voices on the role of the CIO, digital leadership, and within the IT talent market. She has been a CIO.com contributor since 1999 and was founder of the CIO Executive Council, a professional organization for CIOs. She has also written two highly influential books on IT leadership, The CIO Paradox, and Be the Business, CIOs in the New Era of IT, and is a sought-after keynote speaker on IT leadership. So we discuss the chief data officer role and its rising importance during this great resignation and some advice for rising data leaders and aspiring CDOs. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, Martha. How are you today? I am doing great this morning, Demetrius. Awesome. I have uh, been anxious to have this conversation with you. I subscribe to your newsletter. I've been following you for quite some time, uh, receiving lots of insights and information just on some of the major personas in IT, like the CIO and the chief data officer, et cetera. Um, and even you know, a couple of your books uh, that you've published. And I'll give you an opportunity later on to uh, maybe put a, a short publicity uh, out there on your books. Why don't you just start off, though, by giving the Gumbo listeners just a little information about yourself and also uh, your company? Sure, will do, Demetrius. And you don't need to give me a plug uh, to do some PR for my books because I'll just do that anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, you know, I run an executive search firm called Heller Search Associates, and traditionally we focused on CIO roles and the roles that report up to the CIO, so VP of App Dev, VP of Infrastructure, that kind of thing. And then a couple of years ago, this data leadership role started to sort of rear its head in enterprises. And what I started to see is there wasn't any really standardization or rhyme or reason about where the roles reported and uh, the seniority of data roles. So I took a couple of months recently and uh, interviewed a large number of chief data officers from all different kinds of Fortune 500 companies, primarily some smaller companies, to ask them the same set of questions to truly understand that role because our clients are now asking us to recruit those roles. And if we don't have a clear understanding of who that talent is, what they want, how they conceptualize the value they bring to their jobs, we won't be efficient in doing that. So that was my um, intent. And so, you know, just about us, we're an executive search firm, national, every industry, the technology executive function, which increasingly is including data officers. Uh, why don't we just start with, you know, just the definition because 
multiple people or some people that maybe that I'm connected to, they have different definitions of what a, a chief data officer is. Some people may think it's a chief digital officer. They may be different. They may be the same, but I think that's a role as well. So what's, what is a chief data officer from your perspective, Martha? Sure. So, you know, that was the key question I asked all of these chief data officers is how do you describe your job? And to take sort of an amalgamation of everything they said, it's about one thing, using data analytics and artificial intelligence to help a company achieve new business outcomes. That's the job. The job is to take data and turn it into value, period. Now, what I find so interesting, Demetrius, is let's let's just take a step back. Let's just go back hundreds of years just for a second. Okay. Hundreds of years ago, we were all farmers in this country, pretty much. There's a lot of farms. Mm-hmm. It was an agricultural yeah. economy. And then late 18th century, we became an industrial economy. And during that time period, we set up everything, all our businesses, our democracy, our uh you know, enterprises. We realized we needed bigger footprints, more railway, um, bigger teams, acquisitions. Well, now we're in a data economy for just a minute. We've only been in this data economy for a minute. And without getting too political on you in this in this gumbo, uh, you know, over the last couple election cycles, we've seen data kind of start to dismantle our democracy a bit. These industrial era institutions don't hold up so well in a data economy. Well, that includes includes big companies. These big companies, as they essentially become data companies, which they all are, they need to rethink everything about their businesses, including who's in their senior executive teams. The COO, for example. The COO never really needed to be particularly knowledgeable about data. That role has to be all about data now. So this data economy is changing everything. So, you know, let's talk about the chief data officer position. When I asked the question, well, who do you report to or who should you report to? What I heard was, that's the million dollar question. You find it, no standardization. This is from the chief data officer's perspective, what they think is right. You want to report to a position that has its hands on all the levers of the company because data is not just marketing. Data is not just supply chain. Data is everything, including talent. So the if a company, in my opinion, based on all this research I've done, if a company wants truly to become a data business, the role should report to the CEO. That being said, it rarely does. So let's go down the line. If the role doesn't report to the CEO, let's have it report to the chief strategy officer. After that, the COO. However, only if the COO is strategic and does more than cost cutting, role could report to the CIO only if the CIO is strategic and does more than cost cutting, same. A lot of these roles report now directly into finance. But when you report to finance, data becomes only about finance, and it's about a lot more than that, and it becomes relegated as a cost center, not a value driver. 
And then finally, a lot of times the role reports to the chief marketing officer, which is also not optimal because then data and analytics gets relegated solely to marketing and customers. And if that's what you want, fine. But data can be highly transformational in many different areas of a business than marketing. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And so you you mentioned the reporting structure and that was, you know, primarily going to be another question that I had. And I remember reading articles about, and maybe this was 10 years ago because there's just been a transformation and not to mention that buzzword digital transformation where the CIO role, it has changed. It, it has changed from one thing to the next. And I mean, it, it's morphed right along with the technology due to cloud and That's right. you know all of these different types of um, virtualization and artificial intelligence and machine learning. And now you have blockchain and cryptocurrency and all of these you know, digital forms of the way that we live today. Maybe not as much on the reporting structure, but who does the, the CDO report to? I know you said that sometimes they might report to the CEO, they might report to the CFO, and you also said the CMO. So what, what are the pros and cons, I guess, of, of maybe reporting to any one of those roles? Sure. I would say the pro of reporting to the CEO is that you, by virtue of that reporting structure, the importance of data is elevated in the company. It has the most opportunity for influence. The con is that it has to deliver. If you're reporting to the CEO and you have that level of influence, you have to create great change. And then just going to the way to the other poll would be finance. A lot of the a lot of CDOs report into finance. When that happens, the only analytics you get are financial and the role is considered more of a cost than value. So let me talk to Demetrius about the functions that report into the chief data officer for a moment. Okay, absolutely. These are the areas. One is data strategy. And this is more than just creating a strategy around data. It's creating a living capability that is always translating analytics into innovation. So it's not just having a data strategy, it's creating an organization that is always translating data into value. The next is data management. So think about the difference between offense and defense. Data strategy is offense. How are we gonna use data to become, to grow, to be competitive, what have you. Data management is uh, defense. Security, what data do we have? Is it compliant? Is it protected? The next area is analytics. Analytics is different from data. Data is the raw information. Analytics are the patterns and the opportunity that come out of the data. So this group, this analytics groups, takes the strategy and turns it into specific use cases. So let's clean enough data to run some analytics to understand how we can bring down our warranty costs. That's something a data analytics team will come up with. Then there's data fluency, and that's educating everybody in the business about becoming a data, data organization. And then finally, and this is probably the hardest, and this, Demetrius, is what chief data officers say is by far the hardest part of their job. It is not the technology. It's not the opportunity. It's not the use cases. It's change management. It's getting everybody in the business to see the value of analytics. 
when people think about data, they think, I want to report on how what, what we did last quarter in sales. That's just reporting. Analytics and real change is we used to sell products. Now we have a whole new revenue stream that is data about the use of those products. That's dramatic change, which requires a massive change in, in really the entire organization. Yeah, that's very insightful. And, you know, as you were speaking there, I, I thought about, okay, a, a chief data officer. And one thing that is super important today, and you've heard of ransomware, it's beginning to be a huge problem. <laughs> and I just read about a, a university, Lincoln College, I think, that they, they actually are going to shut their doors, a, a college, a university. They were hit by ransomware. And I think COVID-19 also put a damper on enrollment, et cetera. And um, now that data was encrypted and they, you know, it took them a while to recover that data. And now they don't have access to, you know, all of their students that are enrolled in the classes and just because it's all data driven. Do you also see uh, maybe security or compliance and regulations just from these like highly regulated industries like financial services and healthcare, et cetera. Do you, do you see any of those things also maybe being a part of the chief data officer's role? You know, it's a, that the security, which I agree has become, I mean, security is now a board level concern. If you're talking about a ransomware attack, you know, severely disrupting a university, how about a fortune 100 company? How about, we have a client that is a huge Medicaid provider. If their systems go down, it's a critical infrastructure issue because you're talking about the healthcare of millions and millions of people. So yeah, data uh, compliance, data security is a top concern. Typically that's handled in the IT organization where the data governance and data security is but it's in lockstep with the chief data officer if that person indeed is in a different organization because the data literacy, you know, you can have the greatest security uh, protocols in the world, but if people don't follow them, you got nothing. So that's where that data fluency piece comes in. But the other thing I would say is I was talking to a CIO of a very large healthcare company the other day, and she said, it used to be when you develop a new piece of software. You develop the software, does it work? Does it do what we wanted to do? Are the users happy? Oh, by the way, is it secure? Now, is it secure is the first question you ask. Before you even worry about functionality and features, security comes first. So I agree, it's a top level concern. I would say security is such a big challenge that it is handled both by the IT organization and the data organization. Yeah, it, it's such a huge challenge that the Biden administration, um, I think there was a bill yeah. Now they are really focusing on cybersecurity and making that a mandate. And you mentioned boards. That's right. Um, now having to qualify that they have someone on the board that has like hardcore security skills um, and maybe certifications, et cetera. But they need to make sure that they have that aspect uh, within their skills and their roles and responsibilities. That's right. You're also starting to this, the CISO or the chief information security officer used to always report to the CIO. Now you're starting to see the CISO be a peer to the CIO reporting up to the CEO or to the COO because security is really now more than IT. Right. 
it's really, again, if we're going to be a data business and a data economy, then data security has to be a part of the way we conceptualize everything. I absolutely agree with that. And I'm just curious, too, just about the different organizational models and, and you know, those different aspects of how an organization has, you know, just morphed the, the way that individuals do business today in medium-sized companies and large companies. What are you seeing out there, uh, primarily from an enterprise level, just around how companies are leveraging data? Sure. So, I mean, you know, companies are leveraging data in a lot of ways. Why don't I first talk about sort of the leading organizational model. The leading organizational model is data engineering, data security, data governance is all in IT. Analytics, the people who are going to really find business opportunity in the data, those folks are in uh, out in the business units. They're data scientists or machine learning experts. So if we take again the concept of defense and offense, defense is in IT, Offense is out in the business units. So the way a CIO described this to me is he uses a butcher analogy. So uh, in IT is data engineering. Think of them as the butchers. They're going to take the huge pieces of meat (laughs) (laughs) and cut them into usable uh, cuts. They're not cooking the meals. The customers who are essentially in the business, the business units, they come in and they choose which cut of meat they need in their own meals. That's the difference between the the IT organization and the rest of the business. In the IT, we're going to take the data, we're going to clean it, we're going to put it into structures that we know are going to be useful to you, but you come in and knock yourself out, you decide what you want to do with the data. The key is to get a little bit technical, but I'm sure your listeners are technical, you put in the data warehouse the true source of the data. That's uncorrupted. That never changes. But then you create data lakes and data marts that allow your business users to come in and experiment and try different things. It's nice and fast. It's easy. And if they they try things, they don't like it. It doesn't impact the, uh, the data nor does it tax the resources of the IT organization. The phrase for that, Demetrius, out in the market is the democratization of data. Ah, okay. I like that. The democrat blah, blah, the democratization of data. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, it took me a long time. I had to practice that a bunch of times before I could say it quickly. Ah, it's like super fragilistic <laughs> expialidocious, I guess. That's good. <laughs> that as far as I know, that's not a technology term. Yeah, well, you never know. Someone still may use it and, and make Maybe it. Maybe now. Yeah. Maybe you and I are creating that right now. Absolutely. A, a new magic quadrant from Gartner will be coming out soon on that. Exactly. Um, so uh, I, I also had another question. I'm just curious, like you're having lots of conversations with CIOs and just top level, C-level executives. You know, are you seeing any trends just around the technologies that, that they're utilizing? And I'm sure they're they're saying you know, which ones are mission critical? What are they protecting? Like, what are these different products that you are hearing uh, CIOs and maybe CDOs mention? Sure. I mean, I would say the, so I had a conversation with the CIO of Accenture. Okay. And I asked her this question, like, what's the big technology trend? Because as the CIO of Accenture, she has her own massive enterprise with a lot of need for innovation. 
but also all their clients. She's getting the you know the the insights from all of their clients. So she's in a pretty good vantage point. Mm-hmm. She called it cloudification. Mm. Okay. It's cloud. So you know, it's development in the it's putting workloads in the cloud. It's using the microservices available in the cloud. It's creating a cloud-enabled, flexible, adaptable uh, architecture so that with APIs, so that we can actually connect with the networks and ecosystems of our partners and our clients. So her attitude is cloud is the most significant technology innovation that we've seen you know, since the internet. And it's going to impact everything we do technically for the next decade. And what her advice to folks, you know, trying to get their companies to adopt the cloud is don't don't go for an immediate ROI. If you're going to put in a new technology, you can say, oh, the ROI on this is going to be, you know, $20 million in savings by next quarter. You can't do that with cloud. Cloud is foundational. So I would say cloud, APIs, microservices, intelligent edge, software-defined everything, software-defined infrastructure. These are the foundationals. Now, this isn't, and then artificial intelligence, blockchain. You know, your user is going to know if you've got a cool new function on your website, like a calculator or some cool thing. Those are the, those are the technologies you can really get a handle on and say, here's the ROI. Cloud, AI, that's all foundational technology investment that allows you to change your business on a dime. Okay, right. So it's a little hard for senior executives who aren't technical to get a handle on it. But once everybody does, it's, it's the cloud that's going to allow for the transformation of businesses. And what CEOs often do not understand mm-hmm. is how important that platform, platform-based architecture is uh, to all of their strategic goals. CIOs know it. CEOs don't always know it. Yeah, it's very insightful. And, you know, those are some of the conversations that, that I hear and that I have uh, since I do work for a, a SaaS company. So we, we do cloud data protection for data in SaaS applications like Salesforce and Microsoft Dynamics. So those are critical applications where a lot of customer data is stored and a lot of sensitive information as well that, you know, we have to make sure that we are helping to protect that data. And if something happens, data loss or corruption, that data can be recovered uh, very quickly. But what, what advice do you have, let's say for a, you know, someone, a rising data leader or someone who's aspiring to, to maybe be a, a, a CDO? Well, the advice I have for someone aspiring to be a CDO is the following. One, understand how the money flows through your business. How does your business make money? How does your business save money? When your business loses money, why? What is your, what is the competitive landscape? Understand your market because data analytics are about creating business value, whether that's for your shareholders, for your employees, for your customers. And if you don't truly consider yourself a business person who understands all the levers of a business, 
you won't be successful as a chief data officer. If you think of yourself as a data engineer and you can, you know, you know, do data modeling and you can develop a data platform, then shoot for being a CTO. But if you want to be a chief data officer, data equals business today. So it's understanding the business. That's one. Another, depending on your positioning in, in, in your organization and what influence you have, find a problem, a small problem, but an important problem that you can solve with data. Don't try to boil the ocean. In fact, I've got a good quote here from the, she used to be the CIO of Cummins, a huge uh, okay. uh, engine manufacturer, like, I don't know, $20 yeah, million I, business, something like that. Ironically, my mother used to work there. Oh, there you go. Okay, so you certainly know that company. <laughs> so which, this yes. is Sherry Aholm, and what she says is, if I went around the company and said, I need all of the manufacturing data to be clean and in one place, people would say, that sounds really expensive and it will take 100 years. Instead, what she did was took a big opportunity, which was using analytics to drive down warranty costs, and she cleaned up only that data. She said, we identified 50 key sources of relevant data and whittled that down to 20, cleaned it, put it into a data lake, and made it available, but only to solve customer warranty problems. When we demonstrated that we could solve that big problem, people started believing in the data and asking for more. So if I'm an up and coming data person, an analytics person, and I wanna be a chief data officer, look for use cases to solve data problems. And the and a key criterion for that use case is a business sponsor, someone who's gonna get with you and say, yeah, let's see how we can solve this problem using data, I'll be your guinea pig. And when this is successful, I'll use my own influence to spread the good word. And that's how we're going to get this data capability off the ground. And if you can get a data capability off the ground, that's your entree into being a chief data officer. Okay. I, I love those. And, you know, as you were speaking there, I, I thought of two things. One is why aren't you a, a CDO today? <laughs> you, you would make for a great chief data officer. Me? Yeah. Yeah, or a... Uh... Well, first I'll say executive search is extremely lucrative. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm... And I, I, my husband is a kept man. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he likes it that way. Uh, so I got to keep... If I'm going to keep him happy, I got to keep bringing home the Got man. it, got it. And... It's not to say that cheap data officers don't command a compelling compensation. I don't mean to say that. But also, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm really... My background is journalism. Okay. So I can tell a good story, but that actually brings up a really good point, Demetrius. Uh -huh. Another skill set that up-and-coming CDOs should really master is storytelling. Mm, okay. Because if you go in there and talk about unstructured data, data, big data, and IoT, and sensors, you're going to lose people. But if you can tell a story about having better insights to provide better products to your customers and therefore drive up your revenue and your margins you can tell that story compelling to a bunch of different audiences, that's probably more important than any technical skills in a chief data officer role. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that, it does make sense. And it reminds me, you know, some of what, what I've been tasked with as a technical evangelist is, you know, is telling stories and really taking the real technical aspects of the product and distilling them down into bite-sized chunks to where individuals can understand, you know, how to use it 
just on a, a logical, just a simple, simple level. Exactly. And one thing too, I guess before we close out is, you know, sure. obviously you have lots of conversations, but instead of having a conversation, what, what are you reading these days or how do you gain information about your craft and maybe just overall? So I will tell you, Demetrius, that I met my husband in a PhD program in English literature. Mm. So when I read, it's all, I'm reading something called Wagnerism right now, which is about the influence that Richard Wagner, the composer, had on really all of modernity. That's what I like to read. I like to read, I'm reading another book right now about origin stories of the Greek myths. So I just learned how Zeus came to be last night. Okay. So I read any... <laughs> <laughs> I probably should read all sorts of leadership books yeah. and technical books and books on agile development, but I really, my reading time is, I'm very selfish about it, but I would say the way I really learn everything is I have a blog series on CIO.com right. and I interview all different, mostly CIOs, but sometimes chief data officers. And when you, when I have to, when I listen to them, I ask them questions just as you're doing with me. Mm-hmm. When I need to, turn that around into something that I'm going to publish to help educate the technology leadership community, that's when the light bulb goes off for me. As you know, when you are in a position to teach something, you have to learn it. Absolutely. So I would say more than anything, it's the blog series, but also all I do all day is talk to candidates. You know, Mm. when we're doing a chief data officer role and I say, what's the most innovative thing you've done with data? And they tell me, I learned something. So I'd say for me, the reading is all pleasure and culture and history and, and literature. For me, it's it's the conversations that, that allow me to stay informed. Okay. Like this one. Absolutely. I, I, I love that as well. And just one, one final thing. Uh, would you like to share any, any more details about your books and also, you know, your, your organization or anything that you're working on that you would like to share? Sure. I mean, I guess what I would say is, you know, as an executive search firm, uh, we're phenomenally busy right now, and I'm hiring new recruiters as quickly as I can, but I don't even want to plug my firm mm-hmm. because we have so much business coming in okay. that I need to scale my business. It's the great resignation, um, right? It is the, it is the great <laughs> resignation, that's right. Um, but, but the new book uh, that I'm working on now, which isn't a plug because it is okay. not available, is going to be on just when I was talking before about, you know, agrarian to industrial to data. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're in a data economy, what are the roles? It's the conversation we've been having today. What are the roles? Is a COO a technology implementer? What are this? What are the, what's the profile of the president of your new IOT business? What's the difference between a CTO and a CIO? Where should security report? What are you looking for? So you know, when we were an agrarian economy, we didn't have CFOs. Mm-hmm. Now, as an industrial economy, we have. What do we need as a, as a data economy uh, in that executive suite? That's what I'm going to be focusing on on my next book. Okay. So let's you and I meet again in a year and a half, and then I'll do a real plug. Okay, a- absolutely. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to look forward to getting the, the pre-release. So um Good. <laughs> keep, keep me, keep me, keep Good. me. I'll have my marketing director get get that right over to you. I, I am already um, receiving your your newsletter, so oh, I, I guess I'll be in in the know or in the loop. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. So, uh, Martha, I I know I am 
leaving away a, a lot more smarter than I am today. You know, just you know, having this conversation, I see the importance of you know having a variety of conversations and you know just being a people person and really sitting down and having a conversation with someone, understanding you know what they you know what they do, how they do it, what's important to them. You know, it's just very important. So I've I've learned the importance of you know building relationships and. Also, along the way, you you will also you know understand how technology works and just the overall lay of the land as to where we're headed uh, within this. Uh, what is this? The fourth industrial revolution, or we you know we are you know somebody once said to me, I don't need a digital strategy. Mm-hmm. I need a business strategy for a digital world. Mm. We're in a digital world right now. I mean, right. my daughter who's twenty one, the thought for her of picking up the phone and talking to somebody is anathema. Mm. So if companies don't shift dramatically, because my daughter uh, was voted in college most likely, in high school, most likely to be your boss. <laughs> I wonder so, where she got that from. <laughs> <laughs> so if she, if companies don't change their service delivery, mm-hmm. don't digitize, they will not have her as a customer. Right. And she is not alone. So so you're right. We're in a new world. Demetrius, this has been just a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I really Absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll make sure to get you back in the future. So I appreciate you being a guest on Data Protection Gumbo. You got it. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.